CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Monday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. And we're glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour or so as we get together every weekday afternoon at this time, live radio, to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible. And so if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, <clears throat> that number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN, as we start off this brand new week. Joining me today, special guest, and uh, sometimes um, uh, very well known in, in many parts, uh, Jeff Smith, Pastor Chuck Smith's son from Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California, back in the old days. And, uh, you know, Jeff, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mike. Great to be here. Always a blessing to, to be with you. Looking forward to answering some questions with you. And, you know, I, I, I think so often about your dad uh, and, of course, his program that's here on CSN, the word for today. And, um, you know, you're, you're, one of the things I always really loved about your dad is keeping us all reminded of the soon return of Jesus Christ via the rapture. And, you know, when we see all the stuff going on today in the world, there is no answers in the world for what's going on right now. We see our own nation almost $35 trillion in debt, no way to pay it back. You have the American news media. Uh, anybody that tries to stop the reckless, crazy spending is a bad person, doesn't want to give the military their checks. That's all propaganda from the American news media. Well, here's the point. Uh, we realize that we cannot continue spending out of control. Everybody's savings is going to vanish. And we realize that we are in a different time than ever before in history. No country has ever been $35 trillion in debt. No other countries combined in the world are this far in debt. So when we look at what we're really up against, I believe that we are um, witnessing, first of all, the end of our nation, but we're rushing towards a one-world order, one-world government. Interestingly enough, 2030, the United Nations is having this conference to homogenize the world. And in the words of John Lennon, the world will be as one. Just exactly what the Bible says, except one great big problem. The person that reigns over this is called the Antichrist and destroys the world. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus said himself in Matthew 24, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. In other words, the tribulation period really should have gone longer than it is. But God had to cut it short to seven years because in that amount of time, Almost two-thirds of the world's population dies. Now, when you stop to think it's at 8 billion people right now, man, Jeff, man, we're talking we're talking uh, four-plus billion people are going to be dead in just seven years. And people talk about, well, you know, the COVID thing was really bad. And, you know, there was a hundred, you know, there was millions of people that died. That pales in what, to, what the Bible says. Now, is it possible that these things in the Bible are really true? Well, I believe they are, and I'm certainly uh, grateful that your dad recognized that and taught that, that the Bible just isn't a book of myths, but actually you can trust God's Word. 
Well, you're exactly right, Mike. And, you know, I, I think Dad would have really loved to be here today and be uh, telling people the prophetic of exactly what uh, is happening and going on and then showing the prophecies from the Old and New Testament and bringing it up to speed for people today. And that's why I'm so thankful for CSN and the radio ministry that he uh, helped found and build with uh, you and me and others that helped get this uh, radio network so that we can communicate this. It's so important. And I, I really find that radio is such a great witness uh, for the arsenal that I use in street evangelism and, and other ministry, because a lot of times it's just a quick hit with somebody, but you can refer them, hey, go here, listen to this station, you know, depending on what area I'm in. Here it is, here's CSN, or here's some of our stations. And what an incredible time to be alive. And the Bible talks about what men, you know, what type of men we ought to be, knowing that the time is short, you know, and look up because our Savior draweth nigh. But I find myself, uh, you know, I want to stay uh, strong, and I want to stay with the right attitude, a good attitude before the Lord. And I think that if there's one word that kind of describes what's happening, I would say it's inevitable. These things kind of have to transpire for everything to continue the order that the script has laid out, that God has laid out, uh, you know, for us to, to know so that we can have a confidence that he is coming back to redeem us and get us out of this uh, world and, and bring a new world order. I, I reminded of Jeremiah when uh, they were going to Babylon and Jeremiah was doing everything he could to talk them, the Israelites, out of, no, come on, repent, let's go, let's go. And finally the Lord says, Jeremiah, don't pray for them anymore. Don't even pray. They're going. It's sealed. It's done. They're going. Moses, remember when he wanted to go to the promised land, the Lord says, nope, Moses, nope, it's it's done. Uh, don't talk to me about it anymore. <laughs> you're not going in. I'll, I'll take you in, but you're not leading the people in. All those years, Moses, you know, got them out of Egypt and then going into the promised land, and it's like, oh, I bay, you know, I don't get to take them in. But yeah, I think it's uh, that basically this is set up. It's all, the script is, is perfect. It's going just as basically it's planned. So now that we understand that, you know, uh, we are to be people of praise and worship to God and be rejoicing, not in these horrible circumstances, of course, but in the fact that we have a glorious hope in Christ Jesus, that he's going to come and rescue us and deliver us. And it's getting tough for a lot of Christians around the world and a lot of martyrdom and, and everything else is going on. And I heard that China's uh, freezing more Christians out and everything else. And we're hearing this in Africa, all kinds of places and all these distresses, just like Matthew 24, that Jesus told us about that these things were going to happen, the beginning of sorrows. So we are close. We're at the threshold of his coming. I know my dad preached that for, you know, 60 plus years, but I believe it more today than ever, Mike, don't you? Amen. And we're here. And, you know, it's funny. I've told people this, you know, we've talked about it for, like you said, 50, 40, 50, 60 years. We're here now. And uh, again, when you have North Korea preparing for global war, when you have Russia preparing for global war with their nuclear-tipped weapons. I mean, friends, seriously, this is crazy time. Again, Jesus said, work for the night's coming when no one can work. Keep your eye on the prize. And again, when Gabriel blows, we're going to go, and we're looking for, um, we're looking for that uh, 
glorious homecoming when we're all going to be gathered together there in heaven. Look forward to it and don't want to have anybody miss it for the world. 8888 Ask CSN is the number to call if you want to be part of the program today. Again, 8888-ASK-CSN, and you can be part of the program. With that, we'll go ahead and go to the phones. We have Mark, Asheville, North Carolina. Hi, and welcome. Yes, hello. Thanks for taking my call. How can we help? Yes, um, I heard a, a sermon this past Sunday on Leviticus 3 about the burnt offerings. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had heard something that I'd never heard before. It was very encouraging to me and um, convicting. Um, he's, the pastor spoke about the person bringing the bull, or whatever sacrifice it was, to the priest. The person bringing the sacrifice was actually the one who had to slaughter the animal. And um, and he was basically conveying that that means you have to get dirty to, um, to you know, repent of your sins and things like that and just get involved in it. You can't just hand it off to the priest and go your merry way. And I thought that was a very good perspective. Have you heard something like that, or what is your point on that? Um, I, I'm not familiar with that, but we do know that in the sacrifices, the priests were allowed to eat part of that sacrifice as well as uh, as it was burnt. And so... Uh, we, we, we see that, uh, picture. And it's interesting that in the millennial reign of Christ, uh, animal sacrifice is reinstituted. Now people have asked the question, well, if Jesus is the supreme sacrifice, why is even Jesus allowing the, the, um, uh, animal sacrifices to continue? And it's uh, for a memorandum. It's, it's for like, uh, the tomb of the unknown soldier, if you will. Uh, uh, that we know that the soldiers aren't in the in the in the in the caskets and things, but they do it as a memorial. And I believe that during the millennial reign of Christ, Jesus as our high priest, reminding everybody that it's through the blood that our sins are forgiven, and that Jesus was that ultimate sacrifice. Jeff, your thoughts? Well, yeah, you. you it's. Neat, because uh, he's bringing up Leviticus 3, then you're bringing up uh, after. Uh, and if you go to Romans chapter 12, where Paul is talking to the Romans, and he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but by ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we don't have, God wants us to get up on that sacrifice, a living sacrifice, not bound. They used to bind the sacrifice, you know, and then cut it up and all so that you could slaughter the animal and then give it to God and make your sacrifice. But he wants us now to be that living sacrifice too unto him. And so uh, may we all, be that sacrifice now, because it is that time now. They're not sacrificing in Israel today, the lambs or the bulls or the animals, uh, and they need to be for that remission of sin. Many times when we've been in Israel, uh, it's one of the questions we ask them, well, what do you do, you know, without that sacrifice? And they'll tell us that, you know, well, uh, you know, we, we it's a day of remembrance now, you know, and that type of thing. But God wants us to really really sanctify ourselves, set apart, and put ourselves on that altar for him and his service, and not be conformed to this world, but daily. As Paul said, daily I got to die to myself. 
and and we need to daily diet ourselves and be the men and women of God, especially at this time, this last hour. We need to be the light. Don't hide it under a bushel. Uh, you know, get out there and boldly proclaim the word of God. Uh, I was rejected the other day, Sharon Jesus. You know, it's, 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 it, there's a lot of rejection. It's like a door-to-door salesman, right? But, boy, you just keep on doing the will of the Lord. And, again, letting people know as a part of that uh, tools that you take to share the Lord, uh, give them good, solid teaching of the Word of God. Direct them to good, prophetic words of God, and it will blow their minds when they see how God laid out all the prophetic words hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prophecies so intricately said that you can make no mistake that God is the one that that set this up. And you're right. It does say, uh, Mark, concerning this, it says, and he, speaking of the priest, shall lay his hand on the head of the offering and kill it before the tabernacle of meeting. So it is true. And actually, this is a type, a picture type, of communion. We remember Jesus when he was there at the Last Supper. He held up the bread. He broke it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This is my the cup of the New Testament, the new covenant that I make with you. It's my blood. It was a picture type of God becoming one with us. And so with the sacrifices here in chapter 3 of Leviticus, part was returned uh, for, to you to eat for the priests. Part was to be burned before the God, and uh, and when you were eating it, you were literally becoming part of of the sacrifice. So uh, it's it's kind of a, a kind of a beautiful picture, you will, of of how God, um, the Father, allowed Jesus to be sacrificed for our sins, and so hope that helps. Yes, can I clar- clarify one thing? For sure, time? sure. Um, you'd mentioned just a, a few sentences back that the priest um, put his hand on the head of the of the cow of the cow of the cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the priest doing that, and he actually did the um, cutting of the the throat of the cow for sacrifice. It was not the person who brought the um, the cow, but it was actually the priest who did the actual physical slaying. I, of the I believe it was the priest, and and this is the way it was. The priest would would then offer up. Uh, the 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 sacrifice. It wasn't the person. It was that that was brought. Because really, when you think about it, I'm not worthy to make that sacrifice. It has to be done through a priest. And Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is our high priest. Jeff, any last thoughts? Well, I like the way you brought in communion, Mike. I think it's so important, and I I want to encourage everybody that uh, to get out your Bible with your children and with your family and do communion. You don't have to wait for church once a month, or maybe your church doesn't do communion. But you can turn in the Gospels, uh, to, uh, and you can go over to Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where Paul's talking about having communion. And I just encourage everyone to do it with your family and children. He, uh, the Lord said that as long as you do this, it's in remembrance of me. And at these times... Uh, it's critical that we are uh, looking up, keeping strong attitudes, and taking communion, and, and take communion. And you can lead that communion. Fathers, dads, moms, 
not a dad in the home, you know, lead your family in communion and worship God. It's incredible. It's a wonderful part of walking with the Lord. So I hope that that answers it for you. Thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. God bless you. Stay online if you like. Send you out the movie Jesus. I think you'll enjoy it. Great to share with your friends. With that, we'll go to Christy, Arkansas. Hi, welcome. Hi, how are you tonight? Good, Christy. How may we help? I have a question about the millennial reign. Um, believers who die during the millennial, millennial reign, when do they get their glorified bodies? I believe right before Jesus comes back and sets up his uh, thousand-year reign. Now, we know we as Christians, the dead in Christ, those who have died in faith, going clear back to before Abraham, if you will, all the way back to the beginning, those that died in faith, when Jesus preached to those who were in captivity, they accepted the supreme sacrifice, the blood of bulls and goats. The Old Testament could not remove the sin. It could only cover it. But Jesus, when he died on the cross, his blood covered all of our sins and theirs. He led captivity captive, but their bodies are still here on this earth. Decomposed, sure, but God has the the DNA blueprint of every single person that's ever lived. And the Bible says we get a new body. Our spirit is reunited with our body that is either alive in the rapture or dead because of death. But their spirit has gone to be with the Lord. Paul very clearly tells us this. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Uh, and so then they have their new bodies. I believe then as they are martyred. Now it's very clear. If you look at Revelation chapter 6, the 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 tribulation saints, the tribulation martyred saints have a different position during the tribulation period than the rest of the saints do. In fact, in Revelation chapter 6, the angel asked John, who are these under the altar? John goes, beats me? I don't know. And he said, these are the martyrs that came up out of the tribulation period, and they are to rest a little while longer until their fellow brethren would be martyred as they are. Now, when you look at this, that tells me that there's going to be martyrdom of of believers clear up to um, the millennial reign of Christ, right before Jesus Christ comes. And I believe that's when they will get their new body, because the Bible does say the tribulation saints, as well as all of us now, will rule and reign with Christ. Uh, so I believe that's when they are going to get their body. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, so your homework assignment, Christy, is to go read First Corinthians uh, and Second. Read First and Second Corinthians. Boy, it sure is encouraging. And uh, chapter 4, I think, is what you're referring to, uh, and it's excellent. I encourage everybody to read it, especially in these days. So I hope that helps. Oh, it does. Thank you so much. Now, very quickly, those that don't take the mark of the beast, and maybe some believers that make it through the tribulation period, the Bible says they will uh, populate the earth again, and uh, and. They estimate possibly within a thousand years the length. Of, there could be billions of people living on the earth again in a perfect environment, perfect food, perfect government, perfect no war, all these kinds of things as Jesus rules and reigns from Jerusalem. Now, the Bible tells us that 
um, uh, when a person dies at 100 years old, they're going to be considered a child uh, because the longevity of man will once again be long. But if a person who's a believer dies, the Bible says they don't live again till the great white throne judgment, nor does a person who dies outside of faith during that time. The books are open. People are judged. If you're not in the book of life, you're, you get cast in the lake of fire forever. And all those who have dwelt on the earth, all their works now has come to final fruition. In other words, in other words, just because a person dies, as an example today, doesn't stop the wickedness they put in motion. Think of a person that started a cult. Maybe there was only a couple dozen people at the time when he died. Now there might be millions of people. That person's going to be judged very, very severely. Now, Jesus said some will be beaten with many stripes and some with few. So I do believe there are degrees of punishment in hell, but it's all eternal separation from God and it's all torment. This is what Jesus said about it. We also find that hell is not annihilation as the cults teach. But if you go to the book of Jude, for instance, it says they'll be tormented in fire for uh, for eternity. So it's very clear that annihilation is not part of, of the easy escape plan if you live like a rascal here on this earth. The Bible says everybody exists forever somewhere. Some for eternal damnation, some for eternal life. And I pray that by just simply turning your life over to Christ, this is where people can live forever with him, the one who made you. Christy, I hope that helps. It does. Thank you. Stay in line, and we'll send you out the movie Jesus Dear. Great for evangelism. Great to share with your friends. And with that, we'll go to Lori Pocatello. Hi, welcome. Hi, welcome. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, real quick, I just have two questions. Um, I'm looking for two resources. I've been reaching out to my unsaved loved ones, grandchildren, children, um, people that, you know, think that everyone has a right to their own opinion and everything is okay in their own eyes and that sort of thing. So I'm looking for a resource, number one, that could explain in very childlike manner, because I'm talking about people who know nothing about the Bible, and um, resources to explain the end times. And then another resource, and I don't know if this is even available, for unsaved loved ones that might be left behind, like a play-by-play book of what to expect um, that would be easy to understand. Well, sure. And, and of course, the book of Revelation is in order to let you know play-by-play action. Of course, Tim LaHaye had a book uh, out and then a movie series called Left Behind. Very good. Gives a good illustration of that. But, you know, Jeff, your dad wrote a couple of great books. Tell us about it. Well, I'll be happy to send uh, if the guys on uh, the phone lines will get her name and address. I'll send her some books uh, by dad that address uh, some of the topics that you talked about. Uh, C.S. Lewis is uh, very strong on a number of the books that he wrote. Uh, Mere Christianity is a great start, but sometimes it's maybe a little too intellectual for some people and because it's deep in it, in it, but it's very good. So you really have to kind of choose what you're going to use for that individual. As Paul said, I become all things to all people, right? 
So uh, I have a little booklet, too, that Dr. Richard Bennett, incredible man of God, he's passed on now, uh, called Quest for God. And I'll, I'll put that in the little package that I send you because it's excellent. You might want to read it first. It's a, it's a short read, but it really covers a lot of these, uh, uh, you know, matters that you talked about in order to evangelize. And, and right now, Father, we just ask, in, in the power of your blood and the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that you begin a work now. Lord, I know that she's already prayed and, and we've laid that, but Father, now we've got a lot of listeners around the United States and really around the world through streaming. And God, we just pray right now that you intervene and Father, begin that work in their lives, God, to bring them to you so that they know, Father, that they know that you are God, the Son of God, and you've come to bring them life eternal. So begin to work, Holy Spirit, we ask and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, uh, if you'll stay in line, we'll, we'll get those out to you. Okay, Lori? Very good. Thank you so much. Yeah, be sure to leave your name and, and everything, and then and then I'll get that to Jeff. And then uh, uh, there at the Word for a Day, they can uh, get you taken care of. You stay on the line. We'll get you fixed up on that. Let's go to, well, we're almost, we're coming up on a break here in um, about a minute and a half. You know, Jeff, real quickly, uh, if you can tell everybody about the couple of books uh, that, because end times are so, so uh, on, on the thoughts of so many people, because everybody realizes we got global problems without answers. Uh, and uh, your dad wrote several really good books. Tell us about those books. we got about a minute. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, well, Dad has a book on Revelations. He's got, uh, we have this comic book that Rick Griffin did, a very popular artist who um, was uh, tragically killed in a motorcycle accident. He was a friend, and he used to do uh, Murph the Surf. Remember Surfer Magazine, Murph the yeah. Surf? Yeah, yeah. A very accomplished artist and a precious, precious Christian. But uh, Dad did a work with him where he did a lot of uh, Rick's paintings, and then he did the Gospel of John. It's very interesting, very colorful. So if anybody writes in, I'll be happy to get them uh, a copy of that. Uh, The Book of Revelations, Dad writes that, and it's easy to understand. But uh, and you guys, if you if you write in again to the guys, I'll be happy to get you a free copy of that. And I think that uh, the bigger issue, Mike, and I don't want to hit the station break, uh, is uh, if they go to the site pastorchuck dot org, I'll be happy to uh, uh, send them books if they, especially if they can't afford it. That's the site has thousands of dad's messages for free, so they may like to listen instead of read. Amen. PastorChuck.org. We are coming up on a break, everyone. We know it will go away. We'll be right back. Let's see. Something costs less, but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch to the customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. 
Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Are you ready to study to show yourself approved? A workman not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth? In this sad, lonely, and lost generation, people need help. They need Jesus. And who can present the gospel better than you? Calvary Chapel University wants to be a helper of your joy, so you can go out and make disciples who make disciples. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today, and you'll earn outstanding scholarships. Most of our CCU graduates graduate early or on time, debt-free, and sound doctrinally. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today. Skip Heitzig is one of our faculty members, and David Guzik is not only a board member, but he just earned his Master of Divinity at CCU. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today and watch God move powerfully in your life. Welcome you back to part two of To Every Man and Answer here on this Monday afternoon with Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith is uh, Pastor Chuck Smith's son uh, who started the Jesus Revolution, or at least was a major part of it, back in the late 60s, early 70s. And you know, Jeff, those were some pretty amazing times, weren't they? Oh, they! I just uh, have such uh, fond memories of that. And just uh, having a car, but then just going out and hitchhiking to share Jesus. Uh, we did that a lot back in the days, all the way up into Canada, and then later back to Montreal and Quebec. And just, uh, you know, and then eventually going to Europe and buying an old beat-up uh, VW van and traveling and hitting 14 countries, even going behind the Iron Curtain, and God just giving us favor to share uh, the goodness of the Lord in other parts of the world. And, uh, of course, I don't recommend hitchhiking today, but uh, it was an incredible time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of people are rusty on witnessing. You know, Dad would do a, a two-part thing on how to witness and all. And, I, uh, Mike, that might be a good thing to do is, uh, you know, tell people just a highlight, you know, again on how to witness or maybe do a program on it to remind people how to be a witness for the Lord. Because, Obviously, you're going to uh, share with a seven-year-old different than a teenager, different than, you know, a Gen X and Gen Z and whatever they got, you know. And even even in the other communities that are really struggling uh, in, in issues and, and gender identity and all, how do you really speak and minister to those people? And uh, I have opportunity to uh, share with, with every, you know, type of, uh, you can imagine, and, and people from other countries, et cetera, et cetera. So how to be a good witness uh, and how to share the Lord in love and kindness and truth. So anyway, yeah. I know it's it's really amazing in these days that we live in. And of course, the Bible has always uh, been the anvil. It's always under attack by the uh, by the atheists and those that try to in some way find fault with it to discredit it. And of course, the more they try, 
the more frustrated they get. You'll see a lot of these, I think, uh, uh, 12 things in the Bible nobody wants to talk about or these things. It's all baloney because they do not look at the entirety of God's word. They take a verse, twist it, and try to make make the Bible look false because of it. They don't tell you the truth. We've got to be very careful of that. We know that's going to be that way in the last days, and certainly it is. Well, we might as well go back to the phones. Again, 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. If you want to be on the program, we've got some lines open. And um, and uh, let's go ahead and go to Mark, Fort, Fork, Washington, I believe it is. Uh, hi, Mark. Hi there, Forks, yeah. Fork, not close to a spoon or... 11. Not close to the spoon sorry. or anything. Oh, sorry. Uh, how can we help? Okay. <laughs> There's a cafe <laughs> called Spoons, though. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I got a question on Matthew 11, verse number 12. My Bible says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. I just, I just wondered if you could explain what that means. Okay, Jeff, your thoughts. Well, go ahead, Mike. I'm turning to it. I, I don't have that advantage of seeing it before the question. Go ahead. Well, you know, when we find this here, and again, this is found in Matthew 11, 12, um, I believe it, it has a lot to do with the um, uh, where, where it says that from the days of John to Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And yes, it does. And we are very much aware of it. Um, the violent take it by force. I believe that there is that part of trying to overthrow what God has done. There's been a lot of different interpretations of this particular place in Scripture. Um, uh, but primarily by, by uh, the rejection, uh, by, I should say by laws and rejected truth, I believe this is what this is talking about. And we do know that Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I believe that when you leave truth out, the the violent uh, keep trying to take it. And, and if you don't know God's truth, you can begin to believe this. I was just looking at uh, some news uh, articles that come up on uh, your uh, different uh, web chat sites. And, and, you know, again, as I said earlier, when we got off the break, you know, 12 things in the Bible nobody wants to talk about. Or that, I believe that is the violence. And I think that for many people, uh, it's, it's taken away. They're, the seed is taken away from the heart. Jesus gave the illustration of uh, the sower. And um, the Bible says, man, well, sowed seed, some fell on stony ground. And, and the birds came and ate up some of the seed. I believe that this uh, the the gospel has always always been under attack. Your thoughts, Jeff? No, that's good, Mike. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, I I hope that answers it for you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot. So, stay online if you like. Uh, send you out some books, some DVDs, and uh, I think you'll enjoy that. Let's go to Mark in Meridian, Idaho. Hi, welcome. Hi, thanks. Um, yeah, uh, my question, well, see, I used to be an atheist, and then I went to through Buddhism and New Age and then joined a self-realization fellowship, and there I learned to fear God. 
But I still didn't want to have anything to do with Christ or the Bible until I moved to Idaho. And then I was telling this preacher um, what I believed, and he was kind of, you know, shocked. <laughs> and so <laughs> and he, yeah, he, said, he said to me, ask God if what you've been taught the truth is the truth. And I said, ask if Jesus, and ask Jesus into your heart. And I said, okay, you're on. My religion against yours kind of thing. And then, so I went home, went to my bedroom and locked the door. Nobody was in there. And I was taught to do a semi-lotus position and to do a soul call before God. And I always got kind of a response back. You know, usually a loving response and things. But this time I asked God if what had been taught is the truth and that's Jesus in my heart. And I did not get a response back. And I thought that was strange. Then I thought, well, I got to go to bed. And then I said, no, I'm going to sit here till I get an answer. And then a hand <laughs> gripped my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, a hand gripped my shoulder. And I knew immediately it was Jesus Christ. He's King of Kings, Lord of Lords, not to be questioned. And then he said it to my right ear, you have been lied to. And then he let go of my shoulder and was gone. I was so stunned. I couldn't say anything. I mean, wow. So, yeah. I mean, that he totally destroyed my self-made religion. I mean, it was just the foundation was blown up and gone. So how long ago was that? That was June of 97. Wow. Wow. Jeff, your thoughts wow. on this? Because, you know, um, you know, whenever we've gone out ministering on the streets, whether it's down in Newport Beach or wherever it is we go, uh, we run into this kind of supernatural you know, God doing these supernatural things. You remember the guy that was over in Bullhead at at, um, uh, at uh, Walmart, and we ran yeah. into the guy, and and I mean, it was just a divine appointment. <laughs> or or yeah. down down in Newport Beach where we went to uh, the chocolate covered bananas, uh, and <laughs> and uh, you know, I, and why God inspired you to pay for all these college students. Frozen banana, I you know chocolate covered. I I don't know because that's you know I've been around you a long time and you just don't walk up to uh, uh, you know this one girl that's there with all these guys saying hey you know I just want to buy all you guys a, a, a your dessert tonight and and right but that gave us a platform and for the next forty five minutes uh, after the store closed down we moved out to the street and there there's you know. Um, nearly two dozen kids uh, all out there on the street as we're just ministering to them for for about 45 minutes. And we saw, you know, initially some with their hands folded and kind of a scowl on their face. But by the end, some of them were crying and weeping and the Holy Spirit was doing things. So, no, Mark, I know God does things just like this. I've witnessed it firsthand I know, Jeff, you see it all the time. Go ahead. Well, this is the thing, Mike. Yeah, I love it. And it, it really, I it, it erupted for me in the hippie movement during the Jesus Revolution. I was around these, these kids that had so much faith. In fact, I'm going to say something, uh, and it's true. But in, they would come in through all different backgrounds, God would reach them on all different levels and ways, and it was just extraordinary how God was reaching these kids. And then they'd go back, and their parents would come to the Lord. They'd want to come see what's going on, and some were angry and all, and they'd come in. The power of the Holy Spirit would just knock them over, 
and uh, God would save their families and their brothers and their sisters. And so many of the Calvary pastors today will tell you about their lives like that. And what I, what I have found, and when you look at the Acts especially, you know, when they came with the power and demonstration, uh, it really moved uh, uh, people, and it was a sign and a witness. And when kids today find out uh, that God can use them in extraordinary ways, and they can go out and have divine appointments and divine encounters, and they can, God can lead them to people, and sometimes we just have this impression that says, you know, go down to the pier now. You go down there, and then God opens up the door. And here we were just eating dinner, deciding to drive across. And, Mike, pretty soon you got a crowd uh, sharing Jesus. And I love that spontaneity. But when, when kids find out that they can have not just this, you know, kind of stiff religious system, religion, you know, but they can have this living, breathing uh, encounter with God, and then that goes beyond. So the Holy Spirit then their friends get filled with the Spirit, and then then it just is this chain effect that is so contagious and so infectious that you know that's the type of men and women of God that we want to be. We don't want to be just you know sitting back as we see the times coming, but we need to be those witnesses for Christ out there among people giving them the love and the Word of God. Amen. And so important. So, no, you know, it's really amazing, Mark, you know, in your in your call where you, you just, the Lord just, and, and it's interesting, the Bible says, when you seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. And that's what you did, and God showed his real, that he was real. Not religion, but a real relationship with him. Mark, I think you have a wonderful testimony. Thank you. And, uh, well, the next day I started reading the Bible because I had to, because I realized everything else in the world was varying degrees of deception, and the Bible's only truth there is. I mean, the very next day I realized it. So I started reading the King James Version that was given to me by Lyle Albrecht, and then I started, and that was kind of confusing. So I read a plain English plain English version, and that was good. But then I asked God what version he wanted me to read, and so he led me to the complete Jewish Bible, which led me to learn a critical Hebrew in places, and it really speaks wow. to my heart. So, And uh, I guess I'm supposed to evangelize now or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him about well, that, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, not only have we been involved with that, in fact, our, our church here in Twin Falls it is not a church split. It never came from a church split. Most of the ones in town here are church splits. Ours is not. Uh, never came from that. It came from simple street evangelism. I would go out on Friday night, Saturday night, out on the cruise, and share with people about the Lord's goodness and His love. I had a orange van and with California license plates in Idaho. Everybody, I had long blonde hair. They, everybody thought I was a drug dealer. So, hey man, you got any goodies in the van? I go, yeah. And they go, really? And I said, yeah. How much, man? I said, it's free. And they go, free? Whoa. And then I started sharing Jesus with them. Some, as you said earlier, Jeff, wouldn't listen. But others did. And that's where... Um, our our fellowship came from. 
It came from street evangelism, not, uh, you know, stomping uh, out the church and throwing hand grenades uh, into the building as they they walk out. That's what most all of these these groups do. I I always find that it's always good to find out where did your church come from, Uh, because it's part of your DNA. Well, again, simple evangelism is what makes the difference. And and again, we're all sinners saved by grace. There's none righteous, no, not one. So somebody can't say, well, I'm more holy than you are, so I could do this. No, 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 no. That's what drives people away from the gospel. People want to know that they can be forgiven. Where, where sin abounds, the Bible says, that much more grace abounds. But oh, not to the self-righteous. No, no, not with the little ones with the turned up noses. Oh, no, 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 we're better than you are, so let's all stomp out and start our own club. Well, again, that's one of the great problems that... We find everywhere in the world today. And and so if they would spend any time reading the Bible, they, they know what they did was wrong, but they don't want to do that. So evangelism is so important because we're sinners saved by grace. There's none righteous. No, not one. And, and it's amazing to me that in evangelism, people want to know they can be forgiven. And this is one of the things that, that again, if, if you're, if, if we can't forgive one another, that's why, why, uh, 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 Jesus said in John chapter 12, my commandment to you is you love one another. Well, every time you get your nose in a knot and you stamp, stomp out the door and throw hand grenades in the church behind you, uh, I don't want to be a part of that. Oh yeah, they may exist for a while, but they're, you know, in heaven, I believe all these things that were, taken from other other um, honest Christians, I, I think they're going to be, I think a lot of people on Judgment Day are going to be really, really shocked when things that were stolen from them uh, uh, are, are going to be accredited to those things. And the people that thought they were doing so much building on somebody else's foundation, they're not going to have anything. And I, I really think that this is really important because evangelism is the grace of God. Forgiveness. Come and be loved. That's what people want. Not a bunch of, uh, of self-righteous people that I'm better than you are. And, and, and so, no, I, re- I really think, Mark, that, that real evangelism uh, stems from the very heart of God. Jeff, you know, you've seen so much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've seen your dad's church, you know, uh, those that, that stomp out with their nose in the air. And in fact, that was even shown, that was even shown. And I don't know, Mark, if you've seen the, uh, the movie, um, um, Jesus revolution, Jesus revolution, but it actually shows some of the elders stomping out, doing their own thing. I mean, this is just, this is just part of church, but that isn't what I believe is the best, what God has. And, and you see a lot of this stuff and, you know, uh, like Jesus said, he said, by the fruit, you know, them, and just make sure that the fruit you see isn't stolen, (laughs) but, but if there's real fruit, uh, it's, it's going to be there and it's going to last. That's what's really cool about it. So Jeff, I know you've seen a lot in evangelism. Yeah. yeah, So to just kind of cut Mark to part of what you said. Uh, when, during the hippie movement, we literally took the Great Commission in Matthew 28, and we just went out and did it. So uh, we know that after Christ had resurrected there in 
uh, verse 18, he was talking to the disciples, and he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And so we just took it, and we do it, and we haven't stopped. And so, uh, literally, the movement touched the world. I, you can go to Russia, you can go to Ukraine, you can go down to Africa, New Guinea, They're just how God took that group of hippies and began to multiply and expand. And so here's what I love. Proverbs says, the book of wisdom, says, He who wins souls is wise. And Daniel compliments that uh, in the book of Daniel. He says, He who wins souls is wise and will shine like the stars of heaven forever. So we take God's commission. And then we just go out and practice it. Rejection, sure. Problems, yeah. You know, and we do it. And God will bless, not just in this world, but in the world to come. In fact, we might we might get martyred and spit. I've been spit on and, and punched. <laughs> you know, you name it. But, uh, you know, you learn to, to uh, try and calm down those situations and just love the people beyond all that. And uh, I just pray right now for the listeners and Mark, if you that the Holy Spirit will lead you, miraculous, just like the hand on your shoulder, and radically lead Amen. and guide to specific people and places, you know, and times, and, and all of us, let's get ready. The Lord's coming. Let's not be down and depressed and, oh, it's going it's to happen. What am I going to do? No, let's get running. Let's get running for Amen. Jesus. Amen. Mark, I'll, I'll send you some things that I think may really encourage you. If you need more, please just let me know. I'll send you uh, Time to Grow, a little book uh, on uh, being a Christian, things to watch out for, how to grow. And then um, a couple other uh, things I'll, I'll get out to you that I think are really uh, instrumental in leading people to Christ. Because again, now that you've grown in the Lord, now God's stirring your heart to go out and do just what it says in the Great Commission. Preach the gospel to every creature. And uh, Mark, stay in line and I'll get those ta- those out to you, okay? Okay, thanks so much. Mark, God bless you. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, with your background, Bubba, wow, you'd be just a, a great street witnesser with all those cults that you had dealt with and all. Then you, you know where they're at. So now yeah. give them the light. Get on fire and give, give them the light of the Word of God, the love and the truth of the Spirit. Father, we just lift up Mark to you and everybody listening that uh, relates with Mark is saying, God, give us wisdom. Give him wisdom as we share your love, as we share our faith with people to bring them into the kingdom of heaven. Lord, bind Satan from those that he wants to witness to, that he, they would hear the and understand the good message of what you did for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark, stay alive. Amen. We'll get you taken care of. If you need more, let me know. And let's go to Mark again in Yakima, Washington. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Hi there. See, my belief is uh, that Jesus will come twice to the earth. Okay, let's say your your name, first of all, isn't in the Book of Life, and you end up in the Lake of Fire. Well, I, I'm trying to determine whether the second time when he comes to the earth, if you repent in the Lake of Fire, can he remove you from the Lake of Fire and take you to heaven with him? No, in the book of Hebrews, it says in chapter 9, it's appointed unto man once to die, 
and after that, the judgment. Very clear, it's one shot. Now, when we die, we go to a place called Sheol. We commonly call it hell, but it's not the lake of fire. It is a holding tank waiting for the great white throne judgment at the end of all time. The reason why is just because a person dies doesn't stop the evilness that they created while they were here on this earth. As I shared earlier, you take a person that started a cult. Maybe there's a couple dozen. Now there's a million people. Well, when he died, there was only, let's say, 25 people. Now there's millions. That judgment of that individual is going to be severe. Now, the books are open. All your works have come to full fruition at the great white throne judgment. If you're not a Christian, because Christians, I don't believe, will stand in the great white throne judgment. Uh, as far as going back in time, I believe those that uh, die in faith during the, tri- uh, during the uh, millennial reign of Christ will, but that's the only ones. But all those that died outside of faith from the beginning of time will stand before God, full fruition of their works, and then they'll be judged according to what they've done. And then is when they're cast in the lake of fire that burns forever. But there's no second chance. Again, Hebrews 9, it's appointed unto man once to die, after that the judgment. Jeff, your thoughts? No, good. Right on, Mike. So I hope that hope that answers it, Mark. Okay. And stay in line, and we'll get out to you uh, the movie Jesus and uh, the little book called Time to Grow. I think you'll really enjoy it. And uh, call us back anytime. We're here for you. Going to try to get one hey. more call in. Uh, we have Susan on the line, Arlington, Texas. Hi, welcome. God bless you. Uh, my question, please, is, uh, you know, Meshach and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace. And um, if I was going to be a martyr, I guess I would want to know ahead of time if I was going to be a Joan of Arc and all the hundreds or thousands of dear Christians that were burned at the stake. You know, dear, this is a, a something I think every Christian thinks about, uh, if we're really honest, if I had to die for my faith. But let me tell you something that I thought was really important and interesting that Corey Ten Boom said. Now, Corey Ten Boom was a Jew living in Nazi Germany, and death was all around her, and she was, thank God, smuggled out. But here's what she said, and I thought it was so good. She said, when we went down to the railroad station, she said, my dad had in his pocket my ticket. But he did not give me the ticket to get on the train until the conductor was standing in front of me. Then he handed me that my ticket. She said, I believe this is the same way it is for people that would be martyred. You don't have to worry about it, because when the time comes... God has the boldness and the courage that he will give you when that time comes. To have it beforehand is really not a purpose, but to have it when you need it. That's when she said, that's what made the difference. Jeff, any last thoughts? No, that's great, Mike. Susan, I hope that answered it for you. Again, the Bible says God will give us everything we need when we need it. And we don't have to worry about that. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of, dear. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the air again. And again, uh, what's your dad's website? Yeah, pastorchuck.org. Thousands of free downloads, messages, free application and all. To bless the body of believers. Freely as you have, freely give. Amen. God bless you. Good night. 
or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 